The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Glenn Youngkin signed legislation yesterday that would allow parents to opt their kids out of local mask mandates starting March 1st. As Ben Paver reports, he got help from a handful of Democrats. Youngkin campaigned last year on a platform of empowering parents. He says the legislation makes good on that promise and is necessary two years into the pandemic. We're on the path to getting back to normal, and here is part of our path. Three Democrats in the state Senate joined all but one Republican to pass the bill through Virginia's divided legislature. Other Democrats and some local school officials called the action premature. They warned it could leave students vulnerable in the future. Youngkin says he hopes the legislation will end a handful of legal cases that grew out of his attempts to roll back masking rules using an executive order. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Construction crews have unearthed a metal box at the former site of the Jefferson Davis Monument in Richmond. According to historical reports, it's a time capsule that was intended for a temple to the former Confederate president. Patrick Larson has more details. The box, discovered on Monument Avenue, used to reside in Monroe Park, says Christina Vita, a curator at the Valentine Museum. It was placed there in 1896 and was supposed to be the cornerstone for the so-called Jefferson Davis Temple. And it was going to be a foot taller than the Temple to Grant in New York. But funding for that Lost Cause project dried up, so the box was eventually moved in 1907 to Monument Avenue, where it sat until this week. The Valentine compiled newspaper reports from the time that show the capsule likely contains memorabilia from multiple states. This is not just a local um, box. This is really meant to be something that really represented the, the Confederacy. Due to a resolution passed by city council last year, the capsule is property of the Black History Museum and Cultural Center of Virginia. They have not announced plans for it yet. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Cyclists may have to adjust their riding style again after the state Senate approved changes to a law that's barely a year old. As Ian Stewart reports, bicycle advocates say the changes could be detrimental. The current law allows cyclists to ride side by side and also says drivers can legally change lanes to avoid bikers when possible. The update, sponsored by Republican Senator Richard Stewart, backpedals those changes. It calls for bikers to move into single file when a car comes up from behind. And they can still ride two abreast. It's the fairest way I can think to strike some kind of balance in this to avoid these people on bicycles getting killed. But Brantley Tyndall, president of the Virginia Bicycling Federation, says the current law was modeled after other states, showing the practice reduces injuries. Bicyclists are easier to pass when they're riding two abreast. They are half as long and they help to control unnecessary passing or dangerously passing from motorists. The bill now weaves its way to the House of Delegates. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Regional transportation planners are asking for public input on a proposal to build more accessible ways for people to travel. It's called BikePed RVA 2045. The proposal includes shared use paths, bike lanes, and neighborhood connectors. 
Planners say pedestrian deaths have been steadily increasing nationwide and that investments in a regional transportation network would provide multiple benefits for residents. A webinar explaining the plan is today at 2 p.m. A case involving the city of Petersburg and a local church was heard by the Virginia Supreme Court. According to the Progress Index, the Emanuel Worship Center Learning Annex was charged real estate taxes by the city. Church officials claim the property is exempt due to being a religious organization. The circuit court initially ruled in favor of the city in 2019, requiring the church to pay more than $100,000 in fines. The church appealed the decision to the Virginia Supreme Court, which ruled that the case should be brought back to the lower court to evaluate more evidence. The next court date is scheduled for March 17th. Henrico County officials are urging Congress to pass a long-overdue spending package to revive the manufacturing of semiconductor chips in the United States. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the White House says the rise of inflation is largely due to a shortage of these chips. Federal legislation would invest in developing up to 10 new facilities in the country. Henrico and Chesterfield counties are both offering sites for these projects. Currently, there is only one company in the U.S. that produces semiconductor chips. During this year's General Assembly session, VPM is taking a deeper look at political issues in a series we're calling Capital in Focus. Today, we're talking about how lawmakers are grappling with the criminal justice aspects of marijuana legalization. VPM News' legal and criminal justice reporter Whitney Evans spoke to newscast editor Sarah McCluskey about these issues. Whitney, can you hash out, no pun intended here, where we are with marijuana legalization in Virginia? Yeah, Virginia legalized simple possession last year and permitted some at-home cultivation. But lawmakers still need to iron out how to handle past convictions and whether those who've served time for weed offenses can now participate in legal sales. This week, the Senate, which is led by Democrats, approved a measure that sets up the marketplace and sent it over to the GOP-controlled House of Delegates for a vote. Now, the House hasn't taken up any marijuana bills this session. However, Republican leadership have been clear that a licensing framework needs to be in place this year so that we can avoid the dreaded status quo, which is the proliferation of a black market. Let's talk about the issue you're focusing on now with your reporting, which is what legalization means for people with marijuana convictions on their record. Democrats and marijuana justice advocates want to make sure the General Assembly works to repair the criminal records of people who were convicted of marijuana-related offenses. Senate-approved legislation would seal records for felony marijuana convictions, ban the dissemination of prior misdemeanor marijuana records, and provide a path for people who are serving time to be resentenced. And Remember, it's still illegal to possess more than four ounces of marijuana, and it's actually a felony to have a pound. This new legislation would also address that gap between four ounces and a pound, making possession of that amount a misdemeanor. Advocates are pretty furious about this, in large part because of Prohibition's historic impact on people of color. Kalia Harris with Virginia Student Power Network spoke about this during a press conference earlier this week. Black and brown youth aged 18 to 25 are the most impacted by marijuana enforcement in Virginia. We cannot and we must not legislate new crimes with marijuana possession or other felonies that come with prison time. The Senate bill also includes language that ensures people in communities that have been over-policed and disproportionately criminalized have access to the legal cannabis market, as well as the tax dollars that the industry brings to the state. They want to make sure those individuals and their families are prioritized for retail licenses. What do Republicans think about all this? 
I haven't heard much from Republicans on the criminal justice aspects of the bill since it left the Senate. That's because there's been so much focus on the social equity licenses for retail sales. But I can say that when it comes to the term equity, Republicans have a different definition than Democrats. And this will be a huge sticking point as negotiations between the House and Senate begin. Some Republicans want to shift the equity lens away from communities that have been over-policed and onto areas of the state that are economically distressed. Here's Republican Delegate Michael Webert. Specific parts of Southwest, Hampton Roads, Richmond, and some other areas. You don't have to go looking in the census data to find, you know, who has been targeted the most for policing, et cetera, because it depends on, you know, the definition of targeting and uh, policing. The Republican-led House will now wait for the Democrat-controlled Senate to send its marijuana bills over for consideration. It will probably go through the House Appropriations Committee before being heard on the floor. Thanks for coming on, Whitney, to break this all down. Thank you. That was VPM News reporter Whitney Evans speaking with our newscast editor Sarah McCluskey about how the General Assembly is handling marijuana-related convictions in Virginia. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.